uh, we will we will see how how we get on with that. Yeah, back out. Yeah, without without giving away sort of anyone on your list, do you have any uh, favourite boxers? What in terms of in terms of the list or in terms in general? In, in general. I think in, I think in general, um, I think I have to say I, I always have to say it because I it's it, I always return to uh, Iron Mike Tyson. I just I just for me personally, he ticks all the boxes in terms of heavyweight boxer, youngest world champion. That his ferocity, his skill, his ability, his knockouts. You know, he, he ticks. If you if we're talking about the pro boxing game, for me, he just ticks all the boxes. He's that, you know, archetype villain, isn't he? He's, you know, he, he was he was, you know, very vicious in the ring, and he spoke a good game. I think he just, if you're talking about the pro boxing game, Mike Tyson ticks all the boxes for me uh, personally um, and then over the years I've had some real favourite British boxers I think because we get you know we tend to get behind the British boxers and for me I've, I've always enjoyed watching uh, Kel Brook loved watching him uh, fight for, you know for world titles and Carl Froch I think they you know they've given me some fantastic nights of excitement of watching the sport which is what we all want really isn't it yeah yeah definitely Jordan, how about you? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Mike Tyson. I, do you know what I like more? Is just, it's not more, but I just love his story. You know, just the background. What you know, how it how he became, how he how he is. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's not many. Every almost every boxer has a story. I'll be honest. They've always come from from nothing. Almost almost every time. But Mike's story, you know, is is different. And um, you know, growing up. I mean, that was the first boxer for me. Was the first boxer really where I took notice and made me love the sport. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. And if you haven't read his book, uh, Undisputed, it's it's a roller coaster, but it's it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, and and chapters one to to ten are all about that sort of time in Brownsville in New York where he was growing up, and then until we took until he was trained by Gus Mato Patskill. So it's just. Yeah, the book's fantastic. And like you said, uh, Jordan, the story, I mean, it's its made for boxing. It's just, it's fantastic. Yeah, the romance of it, 100%. That's exactly what it is. Mm. Right, what about you then, mate? I'm, I'm assuming you've got to be the same. I, I, I just feel like it's a universal thing, but you might... might uh, he's, he's up there, but my all-time favourite has to be Roy Jones. Fair shout. He loved him. Some of the things he did in oh. the ring were just... Ridiculous, really, and I remember just yeah spending hours watching his fights, watching his highlights. Just yeah, so quick, so good in his prime. But yeah, Tyson's you know similar in some of the stuff that he can do. That you know they got a pretty similar style, to be fair. And they they did have that fight, didn't they? But I, I don't really like to see that when boxers past the age of fifty just go for for. A, exhibition match for a bit of money really but yeah it is what it is but yeah Roy Jones for me yeah good fantastic shout and yeah like we said or like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast you know if 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 we were doing a list that sort of um wasn't the 21st century then he's almost definitely on there isn't he if not yeah the very top three uh without any doubt yeah, that uh, did pay me to cut it off at the 2000s. I was thinking oh, I'd put 90 because he'll, he'll be well up there, but I just thought, oh, there's just going to be too many names. 
So, yeah, yeah had to draw a line somewhere. So, before we get into the 10, did you have any honourable mentions that you want to throw out? Um, What, myself? Yeah. Um, honourable mentions, yeah. I mean, if I'd have to look on my notes and about, I mean, to, to be fair, there, there, there is someone I, I, I missed out, and it was it was based primarily on whenever he got to the pinnacle or the very top. He did get to the top of the sport, but whenever he fought someone of a similar competitive nature, he did fall quite short. It's going to be controversial, uh, but I have left out Oscar De La Hoya, which is probably going to raise some eyebrows and people are going to be, uh, you know, sort of screaming at the uh, your podcast. But uh, yeah, Oscar De La Hoya um, has been exempt from my list. So, Jordan, we spoke about this and I think you yeah. mentioned De La Hoya, didn't you? But basically, I think he's one where because of this cutoff, he yeah. shouldn't be in it. Like if if you're going back to like ninety five maybe, then yeah, he's got a good shout. But I I don't think he did that much after two thousand. Yeah, I, I think so you're right. I think quite he, a lot he, in he the just 90s. got he just got sort of beat quite a lot in in, yeah. in big fights. But uh, yeah, so that's why I was going to put him in. But like you said. His earlier career, sort of ninety five, ninety six, was where he really sort of shone. So, yeah, it is a good shout, but I think you're absolutely right. Spot on with the um, top, not being in the top ten. Um, but yeah, I did, I did mention it to you, Jack, when we were designing it, only because you know he is a top fighter. But I think you're right. That cut off period there makes him invaluable, so to speak. That makes sense. But um, yeah, do we want to move on to the top? Ten then I don't I don't personally have any other because obviously I was going to say Oscar did a lot of myself but yourself Jack I don't know whether you have any yeah I'd won and this is probably controversial as well uh, Miguel Cotto um, was uh, very close to making it I I don't think this is going to tie in very very nicely but I don't think that's a controversial. Um, one to leave out. I don't think it's controversial at all, actually, but um, it's it's a very interesting choice. Let's just say that. Yeah, he's. I mean, he, he's another one, a bit like De La Hoya, where when he did come up against the very best, he lost. But yeah, some of the I don't know how much money he's made in the sport. <laughs> he must be absolutely loaded. <laughs> from, from them they have a Pacquiao Canelo fires and stuff yeah yeah. I'm, yeah I'm interested to see to see your list though to see what yeah who you've got on so kick it off with this number 10 which you think is going to raise all sorts of eyebrows here we go so I'll, I'll kick off with uh, my number 10 and I'll, I've put him in here at number 10 on just he was a decorated amateur in the Central America and Caribbean games. He had a fantastic and, you know, beautiful career for all the top boxers. Very successful. Number 10 is Miguel Cotto. There we go. Throw that in there for the mix. OK. All right. Miguel Cotto. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just give a bit of reasoning behind that. Um, for me, he's one of my favourite boxers, Cotto. Um, he shows, you know, fantastic heart. I think... You know, if we was all given a professional boxing career tomorrow, we would all fight like Cotto, you know, would leave it in the ring. I, I don't think he left any percentage of himself 
um, out of that ring. You know, he gave everything in every fight. I, I, I do agree with you what you just mentioned, uh, Jack, that, you know, when he did get to the pinnacle, and we're talking the real pinnacle here, you know, like the Canelos of this world and Pacquiao's, he did fall short. But, um, you know, he was a fantastic champion. And Puerto Rican, it's good to get a Puerto Rican in, in the list as well. And like you said, you know, he, he was competitive and he, he was up there with the best of them. So he's in at my number 10. I definitely yeah. agree with you when you say he left it all in the ring. I, mean, I think you find, I don't know, and that's, I, I, I might be generalising here, but I think South Americans, whether it's, you know, boxing, football, whatever, that, that area do not stop. That, you know, do you know what I mean? When they're in the ring, they leave it in the ring. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, just to relate to football as well, you know, you, you're talking, I don't think I've ever seen a South American just play lazy. And when it's in the ring, you know, this guy, yeah, he put his heart on his sleeve and was an absolute fighter. Um, but yeah, uh, Jack, I, I do agree with what you're saying as well. It's, it was a hard one to leave him out, but yeah, it, it's a quality shout, 100%. Yeah, and I just want to quickly add with with, with Cotto, um, you know, like, like we've mentioned, he was, you know, one of those boxers who left it all in the ring. But he, he was actually quite innovative because as as he got older, he, he changed his trainer, improved his skills. So his his boxing skills became a lot better later on in, later on in his career. And it sort of took away that mantle as being that come forward slugger and he really showed um you know a skillful side and boxing side to his game and uh, for, for that reason as well i think he, he deserves to be at least in the list at number 10 yeah i mean that talking about later on in his career like the, the crowning moment really of his career was beating martinez i remember at the time martinez was a guy again i, I love that sergio martinez and I was shocked, massively shocked when he beat him, going mm. up a weight division and probably putting on the best performance of his career. So, yeah, I, he was very close to to making the 10. And our number 10 is someone that I don't really like at all. And when you talk about leaving stuff in the ring, he left a lot outside of the ring. I think he had a lot more to give in his career, to be honest, but he still achieved a lot with his boring style and that is Andre Ward oh okay yeah 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 that's an interesting one at number 10 you could yeah and you could argue that he should be higher but um, I think docking in points for his his style really yeah no yeah yeah I I, I won't allude to um, any 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 more but um, yeah Andre Ward at number 10 is yeah it's um, I'll say it's a good shout yeah, I, I think he could have been. He could have been. Um, I mean, take take the two that everyone everyone sort of talks about. He could have been the best of his his generation outside of those two, really, because he he did just seem to be a lot better than everyone he ever fought, and he did fight good good people. I mean, that super middleweight division around that time. I think they had that. I can't remember what the tournament was, was it called, Super Six or something. Yeah, it was the uh, yeah, super, super career, serious, yeah. really. Yeah, he, mm. he came out of nowhere because no one really. I, mean, I think he did win a gold medal, but he sort of he wasn't a big name or anything, and he just yeah, he just made it look really easy. And he went up the weight division, beat Chad Dawson. I think he beat the Russian guy as well, and it it just sort of came so easy to him. Like he barely ever fought. Like he only fought like once a year in his prime. 
Yeah, I, so and, and really I really could have done a bit more. I think right what you're saying there, um, Jack. I mean, that that super series really did bring out the best in him, and his fight against Carl Froch. You I mean Carl Froch was in his absolute pomp at the time. I mean, he was he was knocking people out. He was winning, you know, winning these fantastic sort of fights. And he, 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 uh, Ward beat Froch quite, quite convincingly. I mean, he, even Froch at the end of the fight was saying, you know, fair, fair play to him. He sort of, he beat me at the game, you know? And, uh, I think that's, with Andre Ward, I think that's what we have to say about him is whoever was put in, in front of him, he just beat them. It, it wasn't, so much the showman, but his skill was undoubted, and you know he could certainly box. And you mentioned about him fighting uh, Kovalev, and his sort of sign-off fight against Kovalev was a real calculated and punishing body shot finish. Uh, he actually uh, stopped him, um, and it was quite a good way for Ward to uh, sort of sign off. Really, if you watch the, hi- the highlights or watch the actual fight, he really does punish uh, Kovalev. Um, so uh, he could be exciting at times. Yeah, it's weird. Like when he when he went up in weight class, that's when he seemed to have a bit more power. I yeah. don't know if he thought that maybe he's actually in a little bit of danger and he can't just you know rely on his skills like he did at super middleweight. And yeah, so yeah. he had to come out a little bit more because that that does happen to. I mean, that sort of happened to Pacquiao, wasn't it? He I don't think he was massively a big puncher at the really low weights. No. When he when he went up the divisions, his power seemed to come through. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think that sort of has has happened as well with him. Yeah. Okay. So, number nine. Have you got number nine? So number nine, I have got coming in at number nine, Mr. Bernard Hopkins. Now. I know we've mentioned about boxers fighting in the 90s and pushing him, but Bernard Hopkins fought until the ripe old age of 51. And he still fought very much competitive, competitively throughout the noughties, if you want to call them that. A victory against Oscar De La Hoya, 2004, which was a fantastic win. And of course, beating uh, Felix Trinidad. So um, uh, for me, Bernard Hopkins had to be in the list. I mean, I don't know whether that sort of goes against what you guys have been doing, but uh, he's my number nine. Okay. He's definitely in the list, yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm, Keeping I on <laughs> Yeah, we'll reveal where later. But okay. Yeah, I mean, oh, God. I hate him, but some of, some of the guys <laughs> you see, you've got, you've got to respect it. Like, it, at his age as well, like it's just insane. I remember one match, not the biggest name he fought, but one of the most surprising sort of victories. Do you remember mm-hmm. Kelly Pavlik? Yes. And at the time, he was kind of the next big thing. Yeah. And then Hopkins would have been about 45 or something when he fought him. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, what, why is he doing that then? And then he just just taught him a lesson, just just yeah. bossed him around the ring. And it's the same with uh, Jean Pascal as well. That's another one where it's like it was just like a, a teacher versus a student. Like, yeah, he just said. For me, for me personally, yeah, I mean, for me personally, Bernard Hopkins was 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 pretty unique. 
exquisite skills. Uh, and he constantly, if you look at his career, he just constantly fought at the highest level. And it's it's quite incredible, really, uh, for him to fight on into that sort of age. And like you rightly said, Jack, you know, he beats some up-and-coming boxers when he really shouldn't have done. And that was all down to him just being, you know, his ring craft and just being a fantastic undisputed champion. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would have liked to have put Hopkins higher, but I think his longevity sort of was partly part of his downfall, in which, you know, he lost a, a few few fights towards the end of his career. But you can't knock the guy. And, he, you know, that's why I put him in there at number nine. Yeah. You know how some boxers have nicknames and they just... Um, they just suit. I, I don't think Hopkins does. His, <laughs> his is the executioner, but that's not really how he fought. No, I mean, if, if you saw his, uh, if you watch his left hook to the body against De La Hoya, that is pretty. I mean, I don't know if you remember that, but De La Hoya was on the canvas squirming like he he, he had yeah, no he, that, like yeah. literally he had nowhere to go there was millions of people watching he was just it, it was like do you know when you sort of take a football you know on those cold mornings when you hit a football in the stomach or something or you get winded it was like that and he was just he was just on the floor he was oh it was just that body punch you know if you want to call him the executioner that sums it up because that was god that was something else yeah. wasn't he the oldest uh, fighter to hold a belt. Didn't he beat Foreman's record? Am, am, am I wrong? I think he did. Or he was going well, think, for it, at least. Yeah, I think you might be yeah, right. He I think he went... He, he he had a fight and he lost it. This is... I mean, he must have been about 48, around that... He, he, was, he, was, he was getting on, obviously, but um, he lost one and then he, he came back... It was must have been 2000... 13 time, I can't remember the exact date, but I think he came back and fought, fought uh, and, and got a belt. So I think he, he might still hold it. So yeah, I, there's, there's someone in the, in the list, the top 10, I think someone could, could beat that if they carry on. It's debatable whether they're, personally, I don't know whether their personality will carry them through, but um, there's someone that could probably beat his record, I think. Um, but I'll keep that until we get to him. <laughs> so who's next then? What are we on? We... It's our one now, isn't it, Jack? Yeah, number nine. So this one, I don't know if this is out there or not, but this is definitely one of my favourite boxers. And this was one where I'd always sort of stay up and watch him fight. Uh, and that is Nanito Donaire. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic shout. Um, and, you know, great, great entertainer as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, really exciting style. Really just the power that he had and yeah, he just he he looks for me, he looked bigger than everyone he fought as well. Like every, every time he got into that ring, he looked like he was going to dominate them physically and yeah, he he was de- he's definitely one of the best punchers that I've ever seen. And um oh, I can't remember who it was now. There was uh, he fought a Mexican. I think he 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 just beat um, Nishioka, and then he fought another a Mexican that had won like three belts in three weight classes or something. And then Denner was going for like his fourth fourth in the four four weight classes. And yeah, just the way that he kind of went up in weight as well, and 
yeah, carried that power through. Just just kept winning and um yeah. He he had quite a a long career to stay relevant for someone that fought with, with that sort of style as well, I think. But yeah, it's, it's maybe a bit of personal bias, but I I used to love watching Nanito Donaire and he, he took a lot of big scalps in his career as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And, and like you said, you know, he, he went up through those weight classes as well. And he, you know, he, he I think he fought, uh, um, was it four four different weight classes? And, he, and, and you know, like you said as well, Jack, he carried that, that sort of power throughout all of them as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, in regards to the list of the, two, you know, sort of 2000s or the 21st century, he, you know, it's, it's a great addition in there, I think. Nice, nice. All right. Number eight. Number eight. So number eight on my list is, um, I don't know whether this one's going to be on yours at all, but it's Antonio Barrera, the Mexican warrior. He had to go in the list personally, almost pretty much based, not only was he obviously a fantastic boxer, but that sort of trilogy against uh, Morales. So, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, j- j- just for that alone and that being in the 21st century, you know, the 2001 fight, uh, 2002 and 2004, you know, <laughs> th- th- those fights go down, you know, in legacy alone, let alone his career. So um, for me, Antonio Barrera goes in at number eight. It could have been higher as well. Yeah, that that is a good shout. He's he's not on. He's not on us. But yeah, them fights against Morales were some of the best and yeah for anyone that hasn't seen them watch those on YouTube I think there are other good ones Gatti I can't remember who Otero Gatti uh, Gatti versus Ward yeah. yeah Gatti versus Ward as well um, and obviously Hagler versus Hearns um, but yeah yeah I love a love a good scrap and those two uh, do you have Morales in your list at all or that uh no, Morales isn't on my list, but um, and Antonio Barrera goes on there really just for a, a bit of an it's an appreciation of his boxing skill because you know people don't overlook his boxing skill, but people do tend to forget just how how much of an intelligent fighter he was. You know, he, he was a puncher, but he was also he was very tough in the ring, and he, it was very hard for his for opposition to get him in a flustered you know, sort of getting flustered or sort of um, to get him out of his rhythm. He, he just stayed behind that jab and he just sort of boxed perfect almost all the time. And I think it caps it caps him off nicely when he fought against Prince uh, Nazim Hamid when he, you know, when he beat him and he sort of uh, in 2001. And I think the boxing world was shocked, but many people who had watched Barrera weren't because he just he just controlled the fight completely. It was, it was pretty, uh, it, well, it's very impressive. Yeah, talking about getting flustered, Prince Nazim got very flustered in that yeah. fight. I mean, to, to to say he got schooled in that fight was an understatement. And he sort of tried using, I mean, Prince Nazim Hamid, of course, is a fantastic boxer, but he tried using his, you know, uh, his usual tact of sort of standing off and flying in with that left hook. And it, you know, Barrera just saw it coming miles off and just counted him quite... <laughs> You know, it was actually quite um, when you when you look it back, you know, that fight, it was quite profound how the, the countering, you know, he just he really took almost took Prince Nazim, Nazim Hammond's head off, basically. Yeah. And uh, I think was that was that also the push him against the bar as well? Was that that fight? Yeah. So, so, I mean, if you watch it back, it was 
he, he sort of just walks him into the corner and pushes him into the. I mean, yeah, I mean, he could have been disqualified for it, but you know, a lot of people say that uh, Prince Nazim left the ring that that night as a, a different man. Uh, you know, he, he was beaten so convincingly by by Barrera. It sort of, what's the old saying? You know, it sort of knocked the stuffing out of him, really. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Barrera goes in there. Uh, the the yeah. art of boxing and the calculated slugger. Yeah. Yeah, that is a top show, actually. I think that's probably been overlooked a little bit because he's been... I'll be honest. What's that, sorry? <laughs> I don't know, we forgot that one to be honest. <laughs> it's hard it's hard. It is it is hard. Yeah. Yeah, that that is I mean that he grouped in with a lot of a lot of similar fight he had a lot of wars, didn't he? But yeah, as you say, underrated, definitely skill wise as well. Um, yeah, it was quite funny because I, I I did have a chat with uh to with Rob who I do the uh boxing podcast sport to song with and uh you know, I think one of the first things he says is, oh, you know, Barrera goes on the list. And, and I, I, you know, I had to agree with him on that. So, um, yeah, there he goes. He's in at number eight. OK, so our number eight. And on pound for pound lists, I'm not sure this guy ever really, really hit the, the high levels, but he was around for ages. And that is Vitaly Klitschko. And he was just, you know, solid, robotic at times. <laughs> but he got the job done. It's weird, though, for someone with such a high knockout uh, percentage, he was, a, you know, he was a little bit boring. But it, it's hard to tell how good the era of heavyweights he actually fought in because he just, he was bigger than them. He was stronger than them. He had a better chin than them. He had more skill than them. Um, and you know he he just dominated really. No one could touch him. Didn't he? Didn't really lose, did he? Other than to to Lennox Lewis, and I think if not for the cut, he was ahead on the scorecards. He was the younger man. I think he would have won that fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, so were you saying Vitali Klitschko? Vitali, yeah. Oh, Vitali Klitschko, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Vitali, um, I think he's a good addition. I, I think, he, he, yeah, he had that sort of uh, notion of being um, slightly robotic, but he liked to scrap. Vitali liked to scrap, and he, he was, he would often get thrown into um, sort of skirmishes and sort of, um, you know, brawls as well. So I, I, I quite liked watching uh, Vitali Klitschko. I thought he was, um, yeah, I, I thought he was quite exciting at times. You know, as much as he was robotic. And now he's doing big things politically as well. Indeed he is. Indeed he is. Yeah. He's got his job. Uh, he's got his hands full at the minute. That's, that's all she'll say on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think he's got, yeah, pl- plenty to be getting on with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get into, yeah don't get into politics now, Jack. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> that's, that's the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's LBC, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going down the wrong career path there, Jack. You need to have a look at yeah. everything. Yeah. Steer you back. Where, yeah. where are we now? Yeah. I think number seven, seven now? Yes. Yeah. Seven. And it, is it my number seven? Yeah. 
Yeah, so my number seven is, we've already mentioned the man's name, and I've given him a little bit of a talk up, is Andre Ward in at number seven. And I am going to give a little bit of uh, context to it. I think I would, we've already mentioned about him. He wasn't the showman, but he did have exquisite skill in the boxing ring. And let's face it, he beat everyone he came up against. And... The Super Series, I know we've gone on about it already, but he fought a very prime Tesla um, and stopped him in the 11th. I mean, it was a technical decision. Uh, he beat Abraham unanimously and he beat Frotch, who was Frotch. Kyle Frotch was on fire in that in that era and uh, he didn't get anywhere near Andre Ward. So as much as, yes, he wasn't the showman, his skill was undoubted. And he was a he was a great champion for that reason. Yeah, yeah. I think we might have run. Uh, this is opened my eyes up a little bit. I think we might have underestimated it a little bit, but yeah, I mean, 30, is it thirty two? Um, yeah, thirty two between sixteen KOs. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and just to add very quickly is he? I mean, like like I said before, this 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 list has been difficult to uh, to sort of compile. I found it challenging. And Andre Ward has been on and off the list. So I don't, you know, you, you boys leaving him out is not a bad thing. I mean, I've, I've had him on, I've had him off, I've had him on again. Um, the, the, the Kovalev stoppage in his last fight, if you watch that, you really see what Andre Ward is about. And, you know, calculated shots, punishing body shots. He never wasted an ounce of energy in any of his fights. And I, and I just thought to myself, you know, he was in there with some greats and he didn't lose. So I just felt he, I just felt he had to be in there. Yeah, no, it was he was he was at ten ten and a half. But I think with the frustrating thing with Ward is you mentioned that Kovalev fight, and he's he's on top of the world. And what is he like? Early thirties, maybe. Yeah. At that point, and yeah, as you say, he's not really looked like he's had any damage or, or broken a sweat in any of his fights. So he, he he had the world at his feet then. He could have really gone on. Pushed on, yeah. And, and really pushed for, like, one of the best ever in in that weight class. He, sh- yeah. he shouldn't he shouldn't really be even as low as seven with the talent that he had and stuff. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do agree. And, and, and I think a lot of people listening, um, I think a lot of people listening will sort of be in the same predicament, you know, because everyone who watch, has watched a boxing fight or had a, a sort of small interest in boxing will will know that Andre Ward was was a great champion, but they won't have seen him in any wars, like you said, or any sort of real exciting fights to sort of get get you up off your off your seats, as, as they say. But yeah, he, he he just he got in there and boxed extremely well and and, and won. So that's mm. why I put him in there. Yeah, remember watching that. Uh, Foch fight around your house during the yeah. I don't know we thought Foch was going to pull it off but you could tell from about round two that it wasn't going to happen because <laughs> he, he just wasn't doing anything it ruined the night <laughs> yeah yeah, I, 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 and I think I remember that. So I remember watching it as well. And, you know, we all thought we were going to see this rampant uh, Carl Frotch really take it to to Andre Ward and sort of push him around the ring a bit, you know, and get him in a few scraps. But I, I, I think I think Carl Frotch at the end of the fight, I can't remember what he said, but he, I, I think he just like he didn't have much to say. He just went, yeah, he's he's 
pretty good. <laughs> you know, yeah, you take it back. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of promo before that fight. I remember. Um, I think it, it was all over the place, Froch, at the time. Like you said, yeah, it was just a shame. But yeah, he, he's a quality fight, fighter, uh, Ward, and I think um, I think that's the beauty of this list and doing these lists. I think it's so fluid where you yeah. can put these boxes. I mean, you know, we've done other lists with football and stuff, and um, it's quite clear cut where people can be. Whereas boxing, I think if if you're going to take anything away so far, is there's small margins, and that's what makes the small sport so so good. It's small margins where people can win a fight and lose a fight, and how good their legacy is. I think. I yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Jordan. I I actually couldn't agree more, and I know quite a few people who refuse to do pound for pound lists because it, it it's <laughs> there's so many bearing factors on it. You know, with boxing, you know, you've got so many different. Um, records and fights and styles and it's just you know it's it's a pound for pound lists are you know a lot of people's pet hates and um you know i i think they're good fun and i think that's what we should remember especially doing this list you know it is it's good fun to look back at these boxes and it doesn't really truly matter on on the order as such it's just a case of you know uh enjoying what these guys did i think 100 percent yeah absolutely yeah what will be on next? Oh. Six. Sorry, my math. Uh, seven as well. Yeah, well, there so, we go. Yeah, sorry. This is extremely, extremely cliche. We've had Vitaly Klitschko. Oh, here we go. So, who do you think we've got next? <laughs> Even in this, uh, they can not really be separated and have to be grouped together. I'm, talk, of course, talking about Vladimir Klitschko. Yeah. Who, if I'm honest, I think if they fought and they went for it, Vitaly definitely wins. Um, but judging it on their actual career, Vlad just won more fights, had more records. They kind of both beat up on each other's leftovers <laughs> to a point. Um, but it's stuff like uh, Vlad fought David Hay and and Vitaly never did. And then he, he being younger, um, he he went on a bit longer and and beat people like Povetkin and Pulev. And I'm I'm not sure Vitaly sort of fought them people. I guess you've got the end of his career where he did lose to Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. But I remember in that Joshua fight, uh, he had Joshua down. I lost some money on that fight though. I, I think I clicked code to win. Um, wow, that you're brave. That. You're you're a brave man. You're a brave. Man. Really good. You got really good odds on it, though. I think it was like something like ten to one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think it was. Uh, what what I want to say is I. I admire that you've got the Klitschko's in the list because they're they're very easy to leave out based on, you know, we're going back to styles again, but I'll be totally honest with you. Vladimir Klitschko, I've sat down many a night with, you know, a few beers and a curry to watch watch him fight. And it's just ultimately very boring. Um, You know, the jab, the jab, the jab, the straight right and the guys on the canvas. But... Hats off to Vladimir Klitschko, and the reason why I think he needs to go on the list is just for that fight against Joshua, because it was just fantastic, wasn't it? And I I think we saw a different uh, Klitschko that night from, you know, he really 
took the fight to Joshua and he, he went all out and um, hats off to him for that because it made one of the greatest heavyweight fights in my mind ever. It was just so entertaining, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think it's because he had nothing to lose because the whole time he had the belt and he'd already lost it at that point. And also he's, well, he's 40 odd. So really there was no expectations of him. And yeah, that that was definitely the best fight that, that Vladimir Klitschko has been involved in. And yeah, that's, that's a top shout. It is. Uh, you think the, the Fury Wilder fight, some of them were good. But other than that, that that Joshua one's up there as one of the best heavyweight fights this century. I, I, I think so. It's up there for me. And um, I, I, I wouldn't personally, and this is hand on my heart, I wouldn't go onto YouTube and put Vladimir Klitschko and watch any of his fights back. I, I, I just wouldn't bother. Um, but, I, I, you know, I'd watch that fight over and over again with Anthony Joshua. It was, fan, it was absolutely fantastic. And you're right, he didn't have anything to lose. So he, uh, he went out there and it was, it was a fantastic spectacle. For that alone, I'd put him on the list. All right, it's interesting to see where you've, but yeah, I think the Klitschko's are quite iconic or Oh you know, no, I haven't, I, haven't got, I, I haven't got Klitschko on the list. Oh, you haven't? Okay. No, no, no. But well, I, think, um, I, I think he deserves a place on your list. Yeah, but I think, um, yeah, they, they're kind of era-defining as much as a lot of others just because of how long they've been about. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of it is obviously negative connotations and stuff, but they are. They were the face of heavyweight boxing for most of this century. Yeah, no, I do agree. Okay, so number six now. Right, number six. Um, this guy just has to go on on the list. I don't even care about the cross divide between the two thousands because this this bloke watching him box is is something else. His tenacity, skill, his speed, technique, everything. It's the pride of Wales, Joe Cal Zaggy. 46 fights, 146, 32, 32 KOs. What do you think, lads? I love Cal Zaggy. Yeah, I, I love him as well. But it is that, it is that 2000 car. Again, I, know, I think but this I, is I, one I, of the ones that suffers from it. Yeah, yeah it, it it does suffer, but I think he did enough in the um, in the noughties, as they call it. I think he did enough and beat enough high profile boxers to be in there. Yeah. On my on my personal opinion, I mean, you've only got to look for my mind at the Calzaghi Jeff Lacey fight. Um, there was sure massive that... hype on him, weren't there at the time? Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you now, if you if you, if listeners or or yourselves, lads, if you haven't watched that fight, it's just it's phenomenal and it's Calzaghi simply at his very best it's yeah it, it's it's you're watching a superstar boxer it's brilliant mm. and then the Kessler as well at the time I don't, I don't know if at that point people knew how good Kessler was but he showed it in the years to follow what a fighter that he was and yeah Kazagi dealt with him just as well as the likes of Andre Ward and stuff, really. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, yeah, I mean, Kessler, as we all know, was was a fantastic fighter and great to watch as well, but he, he just didn't have a chance against, against Calzaghi. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I think when when we're pushing into this top six, we're looking at sheer elite boxers and Joe Calzaghe's up there. And he, and I, you know, I know it goes against the principle a little bit on the list, but I, I just had to put him in. Yeah, I, I think that is a good shout, to be honest. He, we're going to probably hear this word a lot coming up to these sort of levels, but dominant. He was dominant again. Um, he could he could beat you in different ways, and yeah, just the the stamina that he had. I can't think of many people that that could throw that amount of punches in a round, uh, uh, super middleweight line. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. quite unbelievable. And and but between two thousand and six and two thousand eight, he was ranked up as one of the best pound for pound boxers with Ring Magazine. So you know, in, in the noughties, he was still up there as one of the one of the greatest boxers, uh, active boxers. Mm. And uh, I actually wrote a quote down from Barry McGuigan, um, who, who said that he punches ferociously, moves superbly, and has the best of European technique in US aggression. And I think that sums him up perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. It's good quite that. Yeah. I think you've got to give a little mention to his dad, I think, as well. Enzo. Um, yeah. He recently passed away, didn't he? Well, it must have been about 2000. A couple of years back, anyway, but I mean, yeah, his, his dad really helped him going through the ranks as well. Um, Enzo, I think he was. I, I just love, like, like I said earlier, I just love Joe Calzaghe. Um, he gave he gave you something. I, I know he wasn't. He's a he's a British fighter, um, but it's a shame for me personally. I think I'd like to. Obviously, he's, he's too old, but. I'd like to see him, for, for obviously for my age. I'd like to see him later. Later on, does that make sense, Jack? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. If he had fought people like Frotch and um, Andre Ward and stuff like that, that would have been good. To, I mean, I think he beats. He definitely beats Frotch. Like, I think he wipes the floor with him. I think he does. Um, and he was a character as well. I think you can relate to him being a Welsh boy. You know, he, he gets it. He's not. It wasn't all. Um, all out there, like the, you know, some of the Americans are. He's mouthy in a in a way that we can all relate to. You know what I mean? A bit of banter like outside the ring as well. So yeah, he, he he was definitely a fighter that we um you know around here we we love um hundred percent. And yeah, I think Jack, this the only you know we we could have had him. I think um made a good point. He, he probably could be in, in our top ten hundred percent. It's just one of these we've overlooked. Rather than, uh, uh, you know, like, like I said before, the pound for pound list, it, you know, it's, it, you, they can't be serious because there's too many, there's too many like factors involved. But um, I, I don't know if you're allowed to uh, mildly swear on on your podcast. Of course you can. Yeah. So <laughs> for, for me to sum up Joel Calzaghe before we move on, he was just one tough bastard, wasn't he? <laughs> He was. I was expecting a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, it, it, you watch him in any of these fights, and he was just, yeah. You, no one, but no one beat him. No one was going to beat him. Carl Froch yeah. wouldn't have gotten close to him. So that, that's my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And that, uh, that Hopkins win looks a lot better. Oh, like, of course. Years on than, than at the time as well. So. Yeah. 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 Okay. So now number six. I'm confident this guy will be on your list. It's one Manuel Marquez. Manuel Marquez? Yeah. No, I don't have him on my He's list. He's not. Okay. No. 
So what? Yeah, I think he was the best out of all the the Mexicans at that time, really. A lot of it because of them wars with Pacquiao and like, I think he got one win, didn't he? But like, you could. There was one that, and this is another one I lost money on, and he he got robbed of of a win. I think Pacquiao got a split decision, but he just dominated him, um, and so he, he should have been given the one on that one. And I think the first time they fought as well. He got knocked down a couple of times in the first round, but after that, uh, he just showed his skill. So it's mainly for that. I think it's more than the trilogy. I think you know, they had four or five fights, <laughs> but he he just had, again, he had quite good longevity. He could do the typical Mexican, you know, scrap, but he did seem to have that skill as well that stood out and he's another one that went through the weight classes I think he, he probably won about again four or five uh, belts in different weight classes and beat and fought some of the biggest names in the sport and he's another one who God knows how much money he's made in the sport yeah Absolutely. he's done very I mean, well for himself facing Pacquiao on four occasions I mean I'll be honest with you you know I it, it has been tough, and Marquez was someone I did want to want to put in there. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not going to make any excuses because we're, we're pushing into the top six, and you know, yeah, you, you can't knock the guy, and I, and I don't intend to. But uh, yeah, it's a good shout for number six. Yeah, I think maybe we've we've gone a similar route in that you've gone with Barrera, and we've gone yeah. with Marquez. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And, they are and, a little and, bit and, synonymous with each other, and Morales as well. Yeah, I completely agree. So, I mean, w- w- when you're looking at those eras and those fighters, it's very hard to cherry pick one out of there. And it's just, yeah, you've got to go, I think, in this this sort of scenario, you've got to go with the ones you've enjoyed watching the most, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it is hard, isn't it, to put them all in, because yeah. you're running out of room then. So Indeed. <laughs> we've only got 10, so... Yeah. yeah. Right, so now we are into Hello Top 5. Yes, we are indeed. So, um, I'll be, right, just to give you a bit of background on this, I have I thought about this long and hard because the Top 5 is pushing into what we have to consider to be superstardom of the sport, don't we? And I've watched this guy fight quite a lot and I think he's still very much active in the world of boxing. I think we've yet to see the best of him, which sums up how good he actually is. And um, my number five is going to be Terence Crawford. Okay. How do you guys think of that? Well, so this is one where everyone, I think everyone in our list fought predominantly before Terence Crawford really got going. And I think for me, I pretty should have spoke about it at the start, but for me, like boxing was most exciting for me, like, in the probably mid-noughties to, you know, the, to maybe the mid-teens. Yeah. Um, but you can't deny some of the names that, that Terence Crawford has been, and I, I think he's been on that pound for, that ring pound-for-pound pound list for about eight or nine years, it seems. Like, he, he seems to have been around forever, and, and all these sort of people that seem to come up... Um, he just kind of beats them before they can become superstars. But, yeah, I, I've probably not seen 
enough of him to say that he can go in my list. And because of, I suppose, because of the era that he he fought in as well, is is probably not my expertise to put him in there. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. I mean, I, I, I'm talking from someone who's been had their sort of finger on the pulse with recent boxing, and for that mind, you can't really ignore Terence Crawford because in recent years, especially, he's just been. I mean, he's he's a stylistic boxer. He's got exceptional hand speed. His ring IQ is up there with Mayweather. Um, for my mind, you know, many people say it as well. He potentially overtakes Mayweather in terms of legacy because. He really is that good. And and I also think he beats Errol Spence as well. Um, Terence Crawford is a boxing superstar. He has to go at number five at the very least, in my mind. Yeah. Would you say, I don't know, maybe because I've not got my finger on the pulse to use use your words. Obviously, I I know who he is, but he doesn't seem to be as big of a, world star as some other names that are fighting at the moment that may uh, or may not be on your list yeah i mean he's i i think if you look at him from a boxing point of view um he's definitely up there as one is, is clearly one of the best in, in the world in terms of his defensive skills his counter punching abilities he's if you watch him He's an exquisite boxer. Uh, in terms of his skill, he's up there. He hasn't had what you probably consider to be the big, you know, pay-per-view. He's had pay-per-view fights, but not the big, massive American ones. You know, the ones yeah. unifying belts. But that's on the radar with Errol Spence, because that is going to be up there with one of the, the biggest fights, uh, certainly of the of the decade. But... Um, yeah, I, just for skill alone and his uh, his ability in the ring, I've I've got to put him on there. He's yeah, he's fantastic, and like I said, he's got that much skill. He could potentially take over the legacy of uh, Mr. Floyd Mayweather. Controversial. That, that is yeah. uh, that is big words, but is that the one that you was alluding to, Jordan, when you said about um, still fighting, or was that more of an age? No, that was an age thing, wasn't it? Still fighting. Yeah, that was an age thing. Um, yeah. That was just because, the, the, you know, where where this person's at. But uh, just to touch on Crawford, I think um, he, of, of recent, the ones I remember, uh, Kilbrook and Mia Khan, obviously, because they're, yeah. they're the ones um, of recent that I, I remember anyway. But I, I have seen him, but you're right. I don't think he has that had that big pay-per-view fight. But you're, if, if this Errol Spence one happens, do you know where it's going to happen? He's likely going to be in the U.S., Oh yeah, it'll, be, it'll undoubtedly be in the US. It'd be in uh, Vegas. Um, I, I think that, you know what it's like with all these things. The talks are still ongoing. You know, um, there's been talk. I think earlier today where they're saying that it's potentially not going to happen because uh, because of talks breaking down, which would be a massive loss for uh, for, for boxing fans more than anything. Um, if that fight doesn't happen, it just both boxers need to fight each other next. You know, everyone's seen how good they are and how capable they are, but they they have to fight each other. But, yeah, it, it still remains to be uh, signed and sealed. This is the thing now, and I, I, I don't know, maybe my, you know, my age may uh, be a factor here, but it seems like, and it, I def, definitely have a recent years, boxing's becoming, I don't want to get off topic, but boxing's becoming more like wrestling in that aspect. Uh, it's all becoming more about the money, and you, you miss out on a lot of major fights, big fights, because of 
money passing. I think it's the contracts that people are not agreeing on. That's what I personally think anyway, but hopefully, fingers crossed, it, it does happen. We'll see, we'll see. It, 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 you know, hopefully it doesn't go too long. You know, it's not, we'll not have to wait another year or two like we have with other fights that we have, we've seen in the past. Well, what, what, what I can tell you, Jordan, is that you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. It's too many um, TV uh, companies involved, or broadcasters, as you call them, and there's too many boxing promoters. So um, what happens with that is there's a lot of red tape when it comes to certain fighters fighting each other, purse bids, broadcasting bids. So it's, you know, what, what, you, in what you say is correct, you know, uh, you go back... 10, 15 years ago and boxing fights were easy, you know, far more easier to make and it's just, it's become a sort of stagnated sort of arena now, but um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone in the boxing world, even TV broadcasters and promoters, know that this fight needs to happen, so uh, but there we are, that's my number five, Terence Crawford Great shout So, speaking of current fighters and, and guys that have managed to have them big Big pay-per-view fights. Our number five is Canelo. Ooh, five. Yeah, this was a little bit debated between five and four uh, between us, but there's not, there's probably not a lot in it between between this one and the next one. But yeah, I'll tell you what, but in it because I, I, for me, between I think it's clear number four if we're going to say Canelo number five, but. Between the two, I think it was the drug scandal. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting it out. Um, and not only that, he recently lost, didn't he, to Bivol? Bivol, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, I mean, yeah, that was a shock, yeah. you have got um, a fight coming up on the 17th of September, you know, the, the trilogy, yeah. which will be a, a tasty one. Um, I, I, I don't get me wrong, I love Canelo. I think he's a quality fighter, absolute quality, but... There's just that bit there, that drug scandal. It was a big thing yeah. for me personally, and I think that that kind of dampened his legacy. And then obviously to recently lose as well. I, I maybe it's just me thinking it on recent form and recent things that have happened. Um, and maybe I'm not taking a whole account of his career so far. But Jack, that's the reason why. That, when I was saying about Canelo and uh, Triple G, that's my that was my um, take. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. but, yeah, but to, to be honest, I'll be totally honest with you. Putting him in at five, uh, it doesn't. It, I know I said, oh my god, but what what I'm trying to say is that it, you know your your reasoning for it makes absolute sense, and you speak for probably a large majority of boxing fans that you know the, the, the scandal with the the drug uh, issue, and of course losing to Bivol, you know, on, on that world stage, um, you know, in front of all those eyes. It's yeah. I mean, I, I completely understand that it makes perfect sense, and that's why these lists again. I go I allude to it again. These, that's why these lists are subjective and they're they're great fun. But um, yeah, I, I, can, I can see totally why you put him in at five. Yeah. yeah. I, sorry. I, I, yeah. I just think it's again. I might be. It's just I might be seeing it as he's on a down, not downward spiral, but you know what I mean. He's he's. It might not be the same Canelo that he was before that drug scandal. That's my, that's my personal take. But Jack, I don't know. Obviously, you put him ahead of of Triple G. I mean, what are you? What's your take on it? Do, do you know what? I'm I'm sort of coming round to to your argument there for sure. And to be honest, so um, yeah, so I guess we've already alluded to it. Triple G is at number four, 
for us. And it, it is quite hard to split them, really. I mean, you you definitely say Canelo is, has probably got the, the better record, technically, but I think that's not Triple G's fault. Like, uh, for a vast majority of his early career, people were shitting themselves fighting this guy. So he, it's not his fault that he didn't get the big fights early on in his career. And, yeah, he just crushed people. Just, just absolutely destroyed them, and yeah, I mean they they have pretty much beaten up on, on the same people a lot of the time, um in you know in their very different ways of course, um but yeah they I think they are hard to separate actually, and ultimately I think whoever wins this trilogy, by if it's a if it's a clear cut one, unlike the last two, then they'll be the. I think they'll be the deserving one to be ahead because it, it is a little bit on a knife edge, really. Yeah, no, I do agree. And uh, are we going for number four now as well, and are we? Y- yeah, so ours, okay. I mean, so it brings it, it, but ours is GGG. Yeah, it brings it in nicely, lads, and we can all uh, have a high five here because uh, mine is uh, Gennady Golovkin as well, GGG. So uh, yeah. there we go. <laughs> we have GGG at number four. Um, I, I, for me personally, and you've said a great uh, spiel about him then, uh, Jack, you know, I've never seen someone in, in a boxing ring look so cool, calm, collective, um, and just dismantling people, you know, in a boxing ring so sort of uh, calmly. It's it's almost quite unnerving, really. And um, yeah, a devastating boxer with a, a fantastic right punch. You, that that sort of strange punch over the top. It's sort of like a straight, but it's over the top, and it it's absolutely devastating. And you know, for approximately seven years, he was just untouchable and he took out everyone in his path until Canelo of course but um yeah for my mind he's number four he's just he's a stunning athlete and a a fantastic boxer to watch almost sort of uh, like I said before almost unnerving really because he's just so calm and collected isn't he Mm. yeah he doesn't really look like a boxer either that much no, he, he, yeah, he looks like he should have his school satchel on his back, doesn't he? Sort of like, you know, having sort of trotting off to school. But he's just, yeah, he, he's, he's um, yeah, absolutely devastating. And uh, I think when he fought Canelo, I mean, I might be a bit biased. I, I, I am a Canelo fan, but I I thought Canelo edged it, personally. Um, I thought he edged both fights. But uh, that's just what I'm, you know, that's my opinion. Yeah, and um, I think... You can definitely make an argument for that, 100%. And I, I think people forget that um, he's eight years older than Canelo. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know boxing is a sport where typically, yeah, as you get older, you can you can either go one or two ways. You can get more lethargic, or you can be like um, what's his name, Hop, Hopkins, and yeah. You know, growing experience, you know, become a more experienced fighter. And when I was saying about the, the fighter that could probably go on, I'd say Triple G. That that was the one. And again, it's debatable whether his personality will take him that far. I don't know whether he's got the that kind of uh, want, want or will to hold a legacy that long. Um, yeah. But I think as a fighter, the way he does fight, I think he could potentially go that far, you know, in our, in our area anyway. Um, but, 
Yeah, I, I love both of them. I, I think they're the quality fighters, and that that fight in September will be a, a quality one to watch. I must say, and I think you're right, Jack. I think whoever you know, nips that one in, I think they they will. I think unanimously, whether you're a boxing fan or just someone who casually watches, I think you will. It will sway the vote in, in some way. I think whether you, who who's better. I, I think. Um, I don't know. It's like, again, you might have your lawless like like yourself. <laughs> I, I think these two are doing a hell of a lot to to keep boxing relevant. Popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And relevant. Yeah, yeah. Because you know they. I think without them, you're really. You mentioned Ter- Terence Crawford and, and a superstar, and I think you know you did say boxing superstar, and I I, I can't deny that. But if you're talking kind of man on the street these two are the go-to I think absolutely I, I, I can't agree with you more yeah um, they're, they're names that people uh, would have heard of outside of uh, you know being a sort of quite astute boxing fan so yeah no I, I completely agree with you on that completely agree yeah and, and it, 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 sorry, it just makes a change for all this and I, I, I again I bring up a couple of points here where you know, you know, I don't, I don't want to gear off, but like you just said, they are holding that thought at the moment, and um, it, I just, I, 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 it's just a statement I want to put. I, I hope people watch boxing for boxing, not watch this Jake Paul rubbish, nice YouTube fighting. I, I just think that the the actual fighting, the boxers that actually put the work and the effort in, you know, held, you know, held titles, actual titles, and. You know, put the effort in day in day out. Done it since they were really young. You know, people putting their lives on the line. Let's not forget this ain't the this ain't the sport to be mucked around with. And you know, I think people need to really hone in. If you're gonna watch boxing, if you if you if you are really gonna watch these YouTube fighters, then at least make an effort to watch. You know, your, your likes of Triple G, you know, or Canelo, or you know, some of the people we are named on this list because you you'll be open up to how the sport is. The different styles. It's 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 a there's it's a there's a beauty to the sport. Yes, yeah, sure. I, I, I don't mean to get a little bit passionate here. Or anything, no, well, but... listen, Jordan. What I'm going to say is you you've hit the nail again, completely on the head there with that because you know um, what what we've noticed recently doing our our, our podcast is that um, we've spoken to a lot of up up and coming boxers who have only had three and O fights. They've got day jobs. And uh, one of which is Liam O'Hare, who's just a fantastic boxer and he, he trains so hard. And I, I talk to him uh, on a regular basis. And if you understood what he goes through in, in terms of training, his body transformation, getting weight, the food he eats, the hunger he has in his stomach, you know, because he's eating sort of these meals with like, you know, lacking calories and all this sort of stuff. The sacrifice in boxing is beyond any other sport I've seen. Um, and I, I think you're you're absolutely right in what you're saying. You know, people don't really realise what people put into the sport. And it's it's something that you have to, if you're going to be a boxer of the ilk that we're talking about now in this top three, you know, you have to have boxed from a very young age and dedicated yourself to the world of boxing. And it's just, yeah, when when, when you see it and you open it up, it's a it's a fascinating world, but it's a it's a tough world. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's um, 
it's something that people need to listen to and, and you know um, and, and and just going back to the list and what I've just said I think like, like you just said it's a um, these these people who were listening they really put the effort in you can't get you can't be on this list without putting the effort in and when I'm saying effort I'm not talking yeah again about going back to football a footballer might train every day and do X Y and Z these boxers get up you know I mean have you ever seen Mike Tyson's schedule yeah. yeah, these people these people get up at like four o'clock in the morning, do ridiculous sit ups and push ups. Like I said, eating calorie deficits, have to make yeah. weight. These di- different uh, uh, different beasts, different athletes, and um, yeah, the pe- people on this list and like I just said Canelo and uh, Golovkin, they're in this for a reason, and um, I hope people understand where we're going with this list and the actual effort they've put in so yeah sorry to get passionate again but <laughs> go on, that's what we love um, what are we on three three, three. so three. um i think with this third one we can push through quite quickly because mine is sal canelo Al- alvarez canelo uh is in at my number three uh just because uh, i'm a canelo fan he's he's a you know he's a dream to watch he is he's a superstar isn't he sportsman there's been a few controversies like we mentioned but um i, I think he beat g uh, triple g but on on both occasions but um just to see those two in the ring together fighting was should be celebrated because they're at the top of their profession like we've just alluded to and um i, I think canelo's devastating in the ring and i think he's just fantastic to watch i think he's a great uh boxer to watch the bivol fight i'm you know he's gone up he's gone up in weight uh bivol's again he's a fantastic uh light heavyweight it was just too much for for canelo canelo on on the uh on the evening but you have to take your hat off to him for pushing up into that division and and trying to sort of you know push those bigger men around so um I don't think it damages his legacy that loss. I think it, I think it pushes him further into to, into like the legacy, basically. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think I'm just dampened by that drugs thing. That's just that's just yeah, me. I think, but you're absolutely right, mate. I think um, you know, to move up, he, he did put on a bit of timber. You can see in his structure, you know, the way he was going into that ring. He did put in a bit of timber, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I can't argue with any of that, 100%. Right, Jack, I think we're into a final two. I'll, I'll be surprised if there's anyone uh, different. Is it final two? We've got three as well. been mentioned earlier. That's uh, the executioner, Bernard Hopkins. Oh, Bernard Hopkins. Do you know what? Hats off to you for putting up in, in, in at number three. I think that's fantastic. I think he deserves it. Yes, I mean, some of the guys, his, his resume to go American is insane. And he's definitely one that, you know, could have benefited without that 2000 cutoff. But even so, uh, what what he did tying up the, the middleweight division, Felix Trinidad at the time was a big favourite. It kind of looked weird now because <laughs> he come up from welterweight and... Hopkins has, has gone on to, to fight a light heavyweight but at the time. Uh, Trinidad was the favourite and I don't know if you call that his biggest win or not. Um, personally, I think what he did at light heavyweight uh, against 
the likes of Jean Pascal and Kelly Pavlik and stuff like that and just kept kept going. He just didn't know when he was going to finish <laughs> his career, really. And, um, yeah, be be interesting to see how long he holds this record for oldest with a with a belt because he was just someone that you could never fully shake and I, I don't know if he's ever been knocked out because his chin was incredible as well like I know part of it was down to his like ring IQ and stuff and never really getting hit and definitely not the most exciting fighter but yeah he's he's probably stuck it around longer than anyone on this list other than the top two. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm absolutely thrilled that you got him at number three. I think he deserves it. I think he's absolutely phenomenal uh, boxer and sportsman, and he's just testament to, to the world of boxing. And I, I think it's fantastic you've got him at, in at three. I wish I had the uh, the balls to put him in there myself. But, uh, yeah, I, I applaud you for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's hard <laughs> to put him in that high, but he's... I think he does deserve it. Yeah, he does. Well, so, I think final two is it? Final two. Now, this, this could be interesting, isn't it? I mean, what have we done here, lads? Are we are we going to completely mix up this whole thing and throw in throw this into a world of controversy? And you know, all your listeners are going to be sort of you know throwing their phones or whatever they're listening to the podcast on. Uh, I mean, should I go first? We put in Luke Campbell. Oh yeah, Camel, yeah. <laughs> no, go on, you go first. Yeah, yeah, that's that, yeah, that, that's that's funny because um, yeah, I've got David Hay. No, so um, <laughs> second on my list. Are you ready? Drum roll for this. Is uh, is the Pac Man Manny Pacquiao? Um, what do you say about Manny Pacquiao? He's fought in four different decades in five different weight classes. I think he's he's won titles in eight different weight weight categories. There's not much much more you can say about Manny Pacquiao. He's just for me absolutely elite at the sport, and um, he's just been a fascinating boxer to watch over the years. I don't know if you guys agree? Uh, yeah, we do agree. Absolutely. That specific ranking of number two as well. There we go. Great minds think alike. There we go. Should we talk about his political career as well? Oh no, no, let's leave. Let's leave <laughs> that, 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 that's your new LBC career, Jack. Yeah. You've got to wait. You've got to hold on for that. Yeah. Have yeah. a day. I'll, I'll, I'll leave that out then. But yeah, just yeah, very exciting to watch as well. And this his story is is another one um, that's that's just insane, really. I mean, if if you see pictures of him at the start of his career, uh, and then you see, yeah, yeah, you'd never think they're the same person. I think that that um the fight against Miguel Cotto Yeah was probably his peak. Like that was he was insane yeah. in that fight. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if that was a fifty fifty fight for me and I can't believe how good he was in that fight. Yeah, I mean, going back to that, you know, about watching re re watching fights, there's many fights uh, that I would rewatch again and again and again, but that fight against Cotto was just incredible, and Pacquiao was just like you said was at his peak. And yeah, I mean, there, there's not much to say about Manny Pacquiao. It, it sort of reads for itself, doesn't it? He was just, just phenomenal and uh, absolutely elite. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, the Hatton one as well. That was that was a little bit of a sh- well, even the 
the De La Hoya one, I think at the time I kind of knew that De La Hoya was a bit past it, but I was thinking there's no way this guy can just come up through the weight cart. He's going to be too small for De La Hoya. Yeah. He just retired De La Hoya. <laughs> yeah. And then he comes Crazy. And you think, well, think the same thing, really. Like, he's too small. And he just... Well, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, what what I wanted to say is honourable honorable mentions to me is Ricky Hatton, really, because, you know, he fought an elite Pacquiao, you know, and I know we all know he got devastatingly sort of uh, knocked out in quite a bad fashion. But, you know, you, you've got to say, you know, Ricky Hatton fought, you know, the, the top of the sport, didn't he? You know, yeah. so if, if we're going to say an honourable mentions, you know, we, we were talking about Pacquiao at his absolute peak against Hatton, wasn't he? Yeah, and that is that is a boxer that I have met. Oh, really? He's, yeah, in Tenerife. And he's very much, as you'd imagine, he is very down to earth. He's in a Manchester-themed uh, pub. <laughs> to our elite and then, yeah. No, no cliches there then, though. No? no, 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 no. Fantastic, but um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, there's not much else we can say about Pacquiao. He was just absolutely phenomenal, wasn't he? And it, and, and it, it, I mean, even if we're talking into the, you know recent years and his last fights, you know, he was still he was still beating blokes who were much much younger than him and good boxers as well. You know, Broner, um, Matisse, Furman, you know, so. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thurman particularly, like he was coming up and knocking people's heads off, and yeah, Pacquiao yeah. gave it to him. Right, number one. <clears throat> right, number one. So, um, there's a fantastic book in boxing uh, called The Sweet Science. I don't know if you've ever read it, um, but it's um, a fantastic box uh, book of, of, about boxing and. It goes into the philosophies, and this guy for me uh, sits sits at the very pinnacle of uh, the sweet science, and it's Floyd the Money Mayweather Jr. Fifty fights, fifty wins. Enough said, basically. What, what are you saying, lads? Agree. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, yeah, just to add to that, uh, Floyd uh, Mayweather manages to make the art and sport of boxing look very, very easy. He looks like every other boxer he fights is in slow motion. He's a showman. He's clever. He's cunning. He finds a way to win. He's got pure ring IQ. Uh, for me, he's, yeah, he's one of the best boxers to ever step through those ropes. And uh, he's a genius and a showman with it. So, uh, yeah, very much deserved at number one in my eyes. Yeah, I agree. And... Like you just said, you referred to that book. I think um, someone who hasn't watched boxing, you know, earlier on I alluded to, um, you know, these YouTubers, you want to watch someone actually how to box, as in the art of doing it, this guy's attack and defence. And mainly his defence. The way he, that, those shoulder shrugs that he does, you know, just can get out of tight spaces and he can come in, come in close as well. You know, he's not, you, when you look at him, if, if you're a novice and you don't know much about boxing, you'd think this guy couldn't be able to fight. He's not. He's not big. He's not. But the way he fights is unbelievable. He, he, Jack, I mean, I remember. I remember used to me and you used to do boxing when we were younger against each other. 
And <laughs> you can't you can't remind me of you. I'm not saying you're anywhere near my weather. So, uh, <laughs> don't worry, mate. You. Yeah. He goes low, doesn't he? The way he fights is just unbelievable. Just the way he gets out of situations when you think there's no way you can be able to get out of that kind of situation. Any other boxer would be able to. Um, but he just does, and he's an excellent fighter. And someone I grew to love because when, as he was coming up, I was someone who, I like fighters that didn't talk much and wasn't a showman. I like the ones that just got the business done. And when he, when he, you know, eventually as he, as he built his legacy, you could, you could not just, you just had to respect him. You know, you couldn't, could not like him eventually. And that's the thing with boxing, that people can just turn your opinion of them within a second. And yeah, uh, Mayweather, I don't think anyone else can say anything else but Mayweather. Where, whereas every, everyone else was kind of subjective, I think these top two is pretty clear, I think. Yeah, and, and you know what, it's funny you should say that, because when you mention about him being uh, one of the best defensive boxers in history... It, as soon as you say that, you can see that stance, can't you, with the, with the glove up against the face. You know, you, you, you're just so synonymous with with Floyd Mayweather. But for me, you know, the best defensive boxer for me, I find it a little bit of a disservice because, you know, he, he was so much more f- than that. You know, he was able to slip and slide shots. He, he actually hit with a lot of power. And it was his, for me, it was his shot selection. I mean, how the shots he selected and the timing is just superb. You can watch it all day. And he faints and creates angles where others just wouldn't even know were there. And, um, yeah, I, I think the problem with Mayweather and the reason why people look at his defensive uh, stance is that he made it all look very easy. And, uh you know, for me, that boils back to uh, the sweet science and what, why he's at the very top. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, definitely. There was there was a few times though when talking about defensive, he really did uh, just let go and 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 he was a bit aggressive. And that, those are some of my favourite Floyd moments. Um, I mean, fairly, I guess the one that that made him. A bit of a superstar was Corrales, who was about, he's like, what, six foot tall, maybe bigger than that. Yeah. At featherweight. Like, it's, it's very, very strange to see someone that tall outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, just, yeah. and Corrales is a massive puncher and he just knocked him down about five times because he said, well, you're a big puncher. I'm, I could be a big puncher too. And then this is going to be very controversial. But one of my favourite moments is actually the Victor Ortiz fight. Do you remember when, um, they said the referee was like, "Oh, put your hands up at all times." Oh, and then yeah, Big Ortiz yeah, basically yeah, yeah. went to hug Mayweather, and Mayweather just knocks him out. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it was it was controversial. Should it have should he have done that? I mean, I don't know. It, you know, it, it, it was stupid from Ortiz's point of view. It's just you know, protect yourself at all time is is a very key element to boxing. It's because well, you, a you know, that's what he was yeah. doing. But quickly going back to that uh, Corrales fight, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, that was really teed up. Uh, both fighters were undefeated at the time. And th- th- there was a lot of talk about Corrales never touching the canvas and also Mayweather as well. And Mayweather won every round of that fight. 
And like you mentioned as well, Jack, he knocked Corrales down five times. You know, it was unheard of at the time. And yeah, it, yeah, a fantastic boxer. And I think that fight sums, sums Mayweather up quite, quite well, really. Yeah, it's really interesting going back watching those fights because the thing that's interesting as well is like just before the fight starts and the commentators are sort of talking about it and they're talking about it very much like an even fight that could go either way. Yeah. And then by the time you're in round two or three, you're like, <laughs> well, he's he's got this and he's going to go on and have a fantastic career. And um, I think Corrales... Uh, ended in tragedy, didn't he? But yeah, he uh, yeah they they took two very different paths. But um, it's yes, it's strange looking back at old fights and before uh, the actual fight happened, and sort of going back to Kawasaki. I remember with Jeff Lacey as well. All the all the talk was about how he was probably the favourite and and didn't do it. So. Yeah, but but Mav has had that pressure of being mm. the favourite for a very long time and never, never given into it and, and always delivered. And, and I think you find as well, lads. If we, if we look through this list we've made, we've mentioned some fantastic names, and uh, Pacquiao's uh, Pacquiao and uh, the money Mayweather's beaten all of them quite convincingly. So uh, yeah, he sits at the top for me. Yeah, he has. He's he's, he's took a lot of wins uh, from from the guys below him on the list. Uh, yeah, what we'll do, Alex, if you say your 10, and then we will say our 10 after. Okay. 10, Miguel Cotto. 9, Bernard Hopkins. 8, Antonio Barrera. 7, Andre Ward. 6, Joe Calzaghi. 5, Terence Crawford. 4, Gennady Golovkin. Three, Canelo Alvarez. Two, Manny Pacquiao. And one, Floyd the Money Mayweather Jr. Nice. And our ten is ten, Andre Ward. Nine, Anita Donaire. Eight, Vitaly Klitschko. Seven, Vladimir Klitschko. Six, Juan Manuel Marquez. Five, Canelo Alvarez. Four, Gennady Triple G Golovkin. Three, Bernard Hopkins. Two, Manny Pacquiao. And one, Floyd Merver. God, that was... Those are some lists that was very difficult to uh, to do, but I think the top two were always going to be quite clear of the rest, I think. But, yeah, it's been, it's been very enlightening, Alex, having you on and giving a bit of professionalism to this. Well, listen, um, Jack... Yeah, I mean, listen, Jack and Jordan, I've... I've thoroughly enjoyed it it's been absolutely brilliant it's uh yeah it was it was uh it was very difficult to to sort of whittle that list down and certainly go through it with you but it was um no it was absolutely great fun and it was also an absolute pleasure to be on the podcast because i'm a fan of your podcast and it's uh it was a pleasure to get involved lads really enjoyed it pleasure's ours alex it's been uh, uh like jack said earlier on i think we boxing is something we haven't done much on this uh in in our in our podcast and I think having you on as the first person to, to you know talk about boxing has been an honour to be honest and the way you know you know your stuff as well I, I think it's enlightened us definitely me Jack I, I, I guarantee you you're exactly the same and probably some of our listeners and I think our listeners should definitely 
tune into you know your podcast and follow what you do, follow you on Twitter, etc. And you know if you want to plug plug where you are, what 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 you do, etc. That'd be a great opportunity for you know for our for our listeners to you know find out more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, by all means, we we do a uh, I do a boxing podcast called Sport the Song with uh, Boxing Shrew, who's a friend of mine. It's bi-weekly. We record every Tuesday and it's just a catch up on on current boxing events, really. And uh, we also have uh, boxers that come on. and we, we interview them and chat to them about their routine and the gym. Uh, it's just a bit of an insight into the boxing world. Uh, so by all means, follow us at uh, Sport to Song and also Monday Sportif, which is uh, it's mainly a football podcast. But, um, yeah, we get involved in all sorts of different other sports as well. So, yeah, by all means, uh, follow me, Alex LeBox, on Twitter. I'll happily guide you through our podcasts. Nice one. Again, Alex, pleasure having you on. Cheers, Jack. And thanks, Jordan. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And remember, guys, to keep it... Clear, 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 clear. Clear, 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 clear. Clear, clear, clear.